a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Buried Arms, Cam and Company. Uh, my name is Cam Edwards. Hopefully you know that by now. And uh, hopefully this is the last Cam and Company coming from the home office this week because, uh, well, by the time you get a chance to watch this, I will be on my way to the 2022 Shooting Hunting Outdoor Trade Show in Las Vegas, Nevada. It does take a little while to get from Farmville, Virginia to Las Vegas. So today's mostly going to be a travel day on the website. You might notice my... Uh, stories a little bit fewer and far between, uh, but uh, Tom Knighton and John Petrolino and the uh, other writers there at Bearing Arms are uh, keeping up with everything that's going on in the world, and then I'll be on the ground in Las Vegas tomorrow to uh, begin our reports from the 2022 SHOT Show. Of course, 2021 SHOT Show was canceled because of coronavirus. The 2020 SHOT Show was actually one of the last big events that I went to. It was the last thing I flew to go to. So uh, I'm looking forward to trying to find some semblance of normalcy in this very uh, abnormal world and looking forward to uh, catching up with all of my friends at uh, this year's SHOT Show. But we're going to kick things off this week with a little bit of a SHOT Show preview. Uh, Mark Oliver from the National Shooting Sports Foundation joined us to talk about the fact that, yeah, things are going to be a little bit different. It's not going to be the usual SHOT Show that, well, you know, we've all come to, uh, to, to know and love. Everybody's sort of feeling things out as they go along here. But the most important thing is that SHOT Show is back, and folks are excited about it, and it is kicking off officially on Tuesday. Take a look and a listen. Mark, it is so good talking with you, sir. Glad you could join us on the program today. Hey, thanks for having me, Cam. It's always so good to talk to you. Absolutely. And and while this is, uh, 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 you know, airing, we're pre-taping this interview, uh, this is going to be airing while the range day is taking place at SHOT Show. The Shooting Hunting Outdoor Trade Show is taking place in Las Vegas, Nevada this week. I got to tell you, Mark, I am extraordinarily excited. This is the first convention slash trade show slash mass gathering that I've been to since CPAC 2020. So I am so looking forward to being on the ground at SHOT Show this week. Yeah, and we're looking forward to having you back out, Cam, and having the bigger, you know, gun community back out to the show as well. You know, we understand it's been tough. We understand these past couple of years have been rough on on everybody. Gun sales have, of course, been been uh, great, uh, and the companies are doing well. But you know, it, what I've heard is I've been going around to some of the events over the past year or so that people were really looking forward to getting back together at Shot Show and be able to see one another and and start to make those connections that are are vitally important to our industry. You know, we are a unique industry in that um, much of what we do is, is very tactile. People want to put their hands on the products that, that our manufacturers are making. So I think it's important for us to be able to come back together, make those connections and, and cement ourselves and, and build our community back together. Um, you know, we're going to miss those companies that can't make it. And we understand their decisions to not uh, attend a shot show. And we understand those have been difficult decisions for those companies to make, but, you know, we certainly hope to see them back around again in 2023. Yeah. And I want to talk about some of those companies that are going to be there in just a minute, but before we do, you yeah. know, I, I always like to have a couple of, because shot show is so overwhelming. So I always like to have a game plan of like, okay, what are a couple of things that I'm looking for before I get there? Um, yeah. And one of the things that I'm curious, one of the hypotheses that I'm going to be testing out here is, are some of these smaller companies going to be able to get in front of distributors and retailers in a way that they maybe were not able to get to uh, in years past because some of these companies aren't going to be at SHOT Show this year? And so, look, I mean, we know 
you know, supply is having trouble keeping up with the demand. Um, so do you think that, that this is going to be a year where some of these smaller players, some of these up and coming players have a, a chance to put themselves out in front of some of these distributors and, and, you know, really take their, uh, their, their platform or their company to a bigger level? Yeah, we, we think it is going to be a really unique opportunity for some of the smaller players in, in, the, in the market to be able to showcase what they have and what's available. Uh, obviously, the buyers are going to be out there. there we, we expect that attendance will probably be somewhere around the range of forty three to 45,000 at total when we're done, which is going to be down from previous years. We understand that. We also understand that a lot of the manufacturers and a lot of the companies that are coming out aren't sending out you know 50 people part of their staff. Maybe it's going to be 15 or 20. Uh, but it is going to give a unique opportunity for some of the smaller makers to have more time to be able to talk about their new products or the products that they have available and, and get those out in front. It really is a show that is vitally important to a lot of the smaller manufacturers. I mean, this is where they are trying to make sure that they can get their product in front of the people who want to buy it and carry it in their stores. So it is going to be a, a really unique opportunity. I know I keep using that word, but it really is, a, is a something that we haven't seen in years uh, for that to be able to happen. And I think a lot of people lose sight that, you know, some of the companies that are even considered bigger companies now uh, started off as very small companies. And, and, you know, I think about Daniel Defense and Marty Daniel's story, and it's on, it's on his website. You can read it. And Marty Daniel started off making rails and he, he started making those rails at 200 uh, pieces uh, per lot. And, and his start was putting those rails on the table and just happened to chance that he was able to get those in front of uh, some buyers in the military and, and look where his company is today. Right. Uh, so, Show is, is vitally important to small makers like that for them to be able to grow and expand into something much bigger. Yeah, absolutely. And, and as you say, I mean, look, COVID is disruptive. Uh, I, I'm sure that there are going to be uh, some companies who say, listen, we're not going to have the footprint that we had uh, in, in recent years. Um, we did see Frog Lube yesterday announced that uh, they were not going to be taking part in SHOT Show. And I want to ask you about this, Mark, because they, they yeah. said it's because of the uh, the mask mandate that is in place. And they kind of chided in SSF for, I guess, not suing to try to strike down this mask mandate um what's your response to uh to, to frog lube uh, basically saying that uh you know you guys should have been out there challenging uh the the mask mandate that's in place in the state of nevada yeah we're sorry frog Lube's not going to be able to be out there but i'll be honest uh, you know frog Lube made that announcement without reaching out to anybody within ssf uh, we found out after the fact after they posted that up uh, so they hadn't reached out to us about their concerns um, you know, we are a trade association. We were in the business of, of doing business and we really wanted to be able to put this show on. But we had to do that within the within the, the left and right lateral limits of what the government of Nevada said. Uh, and this is what the, the government of Nevada and the Clark County Commission said that we had to do. We either had to have vaccine you know, passes like uh, or, you know, people showing shock cards like CES did or we're going to have to do you know, full masking indoors. Uh, and we believe that full masking indoors is probably going to be the most appropriate way for us to go ahead and do this. None of us want to wear a mask. None of us want to have to you know, be bothered by it. Uh, you know, and, and it is an inconvenience, but this is an inconvenience that we believe that is probably something that we're going to have to bear through to be able to put the show on. The show is more important than, than you know, trying to take some kind of pivotal stand. I mean, there's just so much money and so much business tied up. We understand Frog Loop's concerns, but you know, when people start to get concerned that NSSF hasn't been standing up for their rights, I, I point them back to especially there in Nevada. Frog Lube is a Nevada-based company. They have every opportunity just to you know, bring any kind of redress against their government to include their governor. And, and I'm not aware that they've done that. Um, 
But on the opposite end, you know, NSS has also been on the front end of making sure that we're able to keep guns, companies like Frog Loop and other companies in the firearm industry in business in in the state of Nevada. We we work to prevent bans on precursor parts for, that people use for repairs or, or to make their own firearms in their home. We push back on bans against uh, ARs and, and magazine bans. We push back against, you know, gun-free zones that they were trying to push right there on the strip in Las Vegas, which would have made it very difficult for us to be able to have the show. We, we have been standing up for people to be able to exercise their Second Amendment rights. Again, we're a trade association. We're not a Second Amendment rights organization like NRA or Gun Owners of America or Second Amendment Foundation, although we do get involved in some of these issues. But we're in the business of doing business, and we want to make sure that our, our members, our, our manufacturers, our companies are able to do the business that they need to do to stay in, stay in business and, and, and be profitable. Speaking of the business of the firearms business, um, I, I had the opportunity to speak with South Dakota Governor Christy Nome uh, on Cam and Company last week, and uh, she is going to be at Shot Show along yeah. with a number of other governors uh, who you know whose states have seen um, you know huge benefits as we've seen this sort of you know reshifting from gun companies leaving these increasingly anti-gun states and moving to to, to friendlier pastures. What can you tell us about this event uh, with these, uh, you know, governors who who are glad and happy uh, and opening their arms to welcome these gun companies uh, uh, to their state? Yeah, so we had the unique opportunity. We've always had a couple of governors come through SHOT Show. Uh, Governor Hutchinson from uh, Arkansas has been there typically uh, every year that he's been in office. Uh, we have had uh, the Wyoming's governor, Governor Meade, prior to Governor Gordon, and Governor Gordon has been coming to, to SHOT Show. Uh, and, and Georgia has always sent out folks in their economic development team. We've had several of the governors come through from time to time, but this was a really unique opportunity as we started to see more governors saying, yeah, I think I want to come out to SHOT Show and I want to talk to people in, in your industry. And they're there to not just look at the really neat products, but they're there to talk about bringing those companies to their states. We, we can look back and we can see that Magpul, when they had to make the decision to leave uh, Colorado and went to Wyoming, Wyoming's uh, governor and government was very uh, much involved in trying to attract that business there. Um, governor Meade was standing right next to Adam Weatherby several years ago when they made the announcement right there on the shot show floor that Weatherby was going to pull up their roots from California and move out to Sheridan, Wyoming, where they're making firearms today. Uh, so this is a unique opportunity. And so what we've done is be able to get eight of these governors. We've unfortunately had one that had to back out. We have eight of these governors now are going to be together Wednesday afternoon up on the fifth floor in, in the Palazzo and Venetian Expo on the floor, uh, Palazzo M. They're going to get together at one o'clock and we're inviting every attendee. We're inviting all the media to come uh, to listen to what these governors have to say about what it is that they want to, to attract the gun businesses to their states and, and what the benefit of those States have to offer those. And, that, and it, very interestingly, one of those governors is going to be Governor Brian Kemp as well. He's going to be coming from uh, Georgia to talk about it. And of course, uh, we saw that this past year, last year, we had the announcement from Remington Firearms that they would be establishing a headquarters in LaGrange, Georgia, and moving some of their production uh, down there. So uh, it, alongside with Smith and Wesson making their announcement to move uh, their headquarters and production to Tennessee, while maintaining some of it still back in Massachusetts. So we're seeing that there is a willingness to shift and expand to other states. We've been kind of keeping track of that, but but these are companies, uh, rather these are these are governors who are very hungry to bring that business. I'll point to another, Governor Stitt uh, is, is very eager to bring businesses to, to Oklahoma, but it's not just him. The legislature this last year actually sat down and, and did a, an economic development study to, to decide what do they need to do as a legislature 
to make it more attractive to bring gun and ammo businesses to Oklahoma. So these are these are all states who are very competitive and very interested in talking to these uh, manufacturers and bringing them in. Again, I mean, I think this is just one of the subplots that we're going to see at uh, this year's Shooting Hunting Outdoor Trade Show, uh, which kicks off uh, again officially on Tuesday in Las Vegas. But we've got Range Day taking place today. Uh, again, we're going to be reporting from SHOT Show uh, throughout most of the week. Mark, I'm looking forward to getting a chance to see you in person for the first time in a couple of years. I think this is going to be a, a tremendous event. I am so looking forward to it, and I'm so glad you could join us on the program today to give us a little bit of a preview. I appreciate you having me, Cam. I look forward to it. And maybe somewhere along the way in Shots Show, we can actually get an official length on that beard because it's been going for a couple of years. I know everyone's been watching your show. Uh, everyone's excited. I think we need to get a, a marker on the wall to see where you're at now. So, but I'm excited to see you again, Cam. And, and we can do that. We can maybe measure it like in terms of, uh, you know, barrel length. I guess right. Yeah, be barrel length, or maybe maybe sign like different different brackets for caliber caliber refinement. So is it a nine millimeter size or is it right? A, is it a yeah. thirty six? You know, so yeah, maybe I like that. Do this. Is there a best beard contest at Shot Show? And if not, you know, a couple one? a few years ago, I remember that some folks were sending around Shot Show bingo cards, and there were you know the the best tactical beards and the and the tactical kilts and the and all the different things that you can typically see at Shot Show. So so maybe we have to have more and more folks come by and and uh, take brackets on where they think the the beard is at these days. You know, I think I, I think you're right. And I will say that here in Farmville, Virginia, like I probably I feel confident in saying I have I'm in the top one percent of, of beards in Farmville. But that's big fish, little pond, baby. I go to Vegas, I go to Shot Show, all of a sudden I'm walking down this hallway and I'm like, wow, your beard is amazing. Oh my God, look at that beard. So I know I'm going to be around my bearded brothers next week or this week, and I'm looking forward to it. Uh, again, Mark Oliver with the National Shooting Sports Foundation. Thanks so much for your time. And I'll see you on the ground at Shot Show. Look forward to seeing you, Cam. Thanks so much. Well, I do appreciate Mark joining us on the program. I, uh, my, you know, my only regret so far, and it's not even a regret. I, I do wish that I could be in Las Vegas today. I wish I could have left on Sunday uh, so I could be there for range day because I would like the chance to, you know, shoot some of these new products and uh, spend somebody else's ammo, right? That'd be nice. Um, but unfortunately, we had this winter storm that was coming and, had to decide what what do you want to do? Do you want to bail on your family, leave a day early, let them deal with the uh, snowstorm, the you know which was estimated to be five to ten inches of snow and ice and widespread power out? Do you want to do that? Yeah, or do you want to step up and you know be the family man? Now I know what I want to do. <laughs> of course, I want to go to Vegas, but I know what I should do. I know what I'm supposed to. I know what the right thing to do is, which is why I'm coming to you from the home office today and not uh, from uh, Range Day at the uh, 2022 Shooting Hunting Outdoor Trade Show. But next year, Rains Day and I have a date with destiny. All right, let's uh, turn our attention now to today's Armed Citizen story, our good deed of the day, and our recidivist report, which takes us to Mishawaka, Indiana, where a uh, man convicted of killing a, a police officer and his canine companion in uh, Mishawaka, was freed from prison after serving just 12 of his 31-year prison sentence. Yeah. Now, the bad news is that this is real. He really did only do 12 years of his 31-year sentence. Uh, and uh, after that, Sean Devine was released. The good news is, is that this type of egregious sentencing 
is not happening anymore in Indiana. Uh, in fact, the law was changed back in 2014 to prevent guys like Divine from getting more than 50% taken off of their sentence through good time credits, which is exactly what happened here. Before 2014, you could earn good time credits that would take 50% off your sentence. Every day behind bars, you took a day off of your sentence as long as you didn't get into any trouble. You could earn even more time off if you took additional classes or things of that nature, which is how a 31-year prison sentence turned into a 12-year sentence for uh, Mr. Devine. And this, again, is one of the reasons why we talk about these stories on a daily basis. It's not just because this is something we need to focus on. We need to focus on better enforcing the existing laws rather than trying to put new gun control laws on the books. But I, I want to share the comment from the widow of a, a, a police officer, uh, a Corporal uh, James Zuba, who was killed in this DUI crash back in 2010. She wrote, to see this picture and that he's been released makes me sick to my stomach after crying all weekend, and not just them, but the last 12 years, all the pain lived through me and my children, for my grandkids who never got to meet and know their grandpa, the pain for family and friends, the pain of all memorials through each year, birthdays, anniversaries, and holidays. She said, not one day goes by, I don't feel the pain of his loss. His family has him back. I can't say that for mine. Until the day we are reunited, we will continue to feel this pain. 19 years off of his 31-year sentence. And again, I'm glad to report that uh, that isn't going to happen now. If if um, this individual had been... Uh, convicted or had committed his crime after 2014. Let's say Sean Devine got drunk and plowed into this police car in 2016. He would ha now have to serve 21 of the 31-year sentence before he would be eligible for release. That is, um, I, again, I still believe, like, if you get sentenced to 25 years, it should be your 25 years, but whatever. That is at least... Uh, more appropriate than being able to take nearly 66% of your sentence and just chuck it aside because you did what you were supposed to do while you were behind bars. All right, let's turn our attention now to today's Armed Citizen story from Ceres, California, where police say a, a man who was shot at a Ceres home was actually armed and trying to break in to that house. So this happened uh, Thursday morning, about uh, 4 o'clock. Last Thursday morning, about 4 o'clock in the morning, police got a call about a guy who had been shot outside of this house in series. They uh, show up there. They found a guy with multiple gunshot wounds uh, on the ground outside of the home. Uh, they start investigating, and uh, they figure out that Anthony Robledo was the uh, individual in question, and that the homeowner inside, or at least one of the homeowners inside, had seen Robledo trying to crawl through this back bedroom window with a gun, and that's when he fired his own shots. Robledo was hit, taken to a local hospital. Last report remains in critical condition. They're not sure why Robledo was trying to get into the home, but uh, hopefully they'll be able to interview him, get some answers before uh, officially filing charges. And finally today, our good deed of the day, in the right place at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing, a pair of police officers in St. Clairsville, Ohio, who uh, helped deliver a baby more than uh, one week ago, it was last Sunday night when the officers in question got a call about a, a woman who was screaming over the phone at a uh, local motel there in uh, St. Clairsville. So 
Uh, sorry, excuse me, officers uh, Kevin Yates and Andy Klotz. They headed out. They got there and they said uh, she was in pain. Both of us identified that she was absolutely in labor. We talked her through some stuff, tried to calm her down, and we delivered the baby. That's uh, what Officer Kevin Yates had to say. Yates said the baby was coming. There was no choice. Baby said, I'm coming, and she was here. Claude said it is uh, not too often a police officer gets a call to deliver a baby, but uh, in this case, the uh, two gentlemen, even though they never had to do this before, uh, they are both fathers themselves. They said that they tried to remember what the doctor did when they were in the delivery room for uh, for their wives. Uh, officer Claude said our natural instinct kicks in, which happens a lot for pretty much any kind of call we get. Officer Yates and I work very well together, and we were able to come together and do what needed to be done. So no complications. A, a healthy baby girl, six pounds, three ounces. Um, this is kind of the sad thing is, like, they don't know who the mom is. They they would love to be able to, you know, help maybe deliver a, a gift or two for this uh, new baby girl. But uh, they said they don't know where she went when she checked out of the hospital. They said, uh, we don't have that info. So that's the worst part of their career. We probably won't know. Well, Regardless of whether or not they have the opportunity to run into this uh, new family again in the right place at the right time, willing able to do the right thing. Officers Yates and Klotz, they're in St. Clairsville, Ohio. We thank you for your very good deed. All right, that is going to do it for this edition of Barry and Arms Cam and Company. I want to thank you, as always, for joining us on the program. I will see you tomorrow, fingers crossed, knock on wood, from Las Vegas, Nevada, in the 2022 shooting hunting outdoor trade show where we're going to have uh, several days of great coverage for you looking forward to it um my writing maybe a little spotty as i'm running around trying to cover things but uh, we've got you covered back at home with uh, tom knighton and john petrolino and the uh, great folks at bearing arms so make sure you continue to check out the website for the latest second amendment news and information if you like what you see by the way you can also become a vip subscriber just use the promo code GUNRIGHTS at BearingArms.com slash subscribe. And you get a significant discount on your savings. Not only will be you helping, not only will you be helping to support the independent Second Amendment journalism we do at Bearing Arms, but you will also get exclusive analysis and commentary you won't find anywhere else as our way of saying thank you. And we really do appreciate your support. It means a lot to us. And we are looking forward to uh, covering our right to keep and bear arms from the Supreme Court to SHOT Show in uh, 2022. Getting things kicked off the right way. We'll see you from Las Vegas, Nevada. Until then, be well, be safe, and be free. 